0: Hey, all you nerds out there in Nerdland! This is David. And this is Tim. And we're from Johnny Has the Keys podcast, a podcast where horror and sci-fi shape our lives. You're listening to Josh and
1: Tyler of the 30 and Nerdy podcast, where they discuss, debate, and break it down with nerd culture and the nerds that reside there. If you like listening to these guys, consider coming over to the dark side with us on your favorite podcast platform of choice.
0: Cheers to you, nerds, and don't forget your keys. Welcome to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Creative Theater, Akita Express, and Encore Theatrical Company. Visit us online at 30andnerdypodcast.com. Drop us an email at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Become a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash 30 nerdy podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. And now, sit back, relax, and get ready to nerd out with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel.
1: What's up nerds and nerdettes? This is the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers to you! Cheers
2: to you. I'm Josh,
1: and I'm Tyler, and this is Thirty and Nerdy, and we are coming at you from the Fortress of Nerditude with yours truly, the Registered Nerd Practitioner, the Founder of Nerdledge, the Nerd Napoleon Bronapart of Morristown, <laughs> the Mac, and always fantastic to be joined by my co-host here, the Juicy One, the Nerdtorious. J-L-D, with his Ph.D. of Nerdology, Dr. Davis himself.
2: How come I didn't get a fancy new one like Napoleon of Morristown or whatever?
1: It's Nerd-Poleon, Brona part of Morristown. Because I, wh- I just realized the other day when I was going through notes that um, you have one more nickname than I do in the opening. Well, and that just you know. seemed <laughs> hey. not fair. And very uneven, and I know you hate uneven things. I do. It's true. I'm glad you, you got I'm me. Shocked. I'm shocked. You we went 28 episodes, and you haven't noticed that I have one less nickname than you. It wasn't purposeful. Hey, I wasn't trying to freak out your OCD or anything. I'm just, you know, turn the volume to 15 instead of 16. You know, but now
2: you're just trying to make fun of me. I am
1: possibly. Uh, it's been a while, so I got to catch up for lost time. Um, and you know what? If you're tuning in for the first time. You are thanked. We thank you. Very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you cast your pod. And uh, for those of you joining us new and those returning, thank you very much for joining us again. We are now on PodChaser.com. Now, that is where you can find podcasts and rate them, not just by the show, but by individual episodes. And that lets us know, at 30 and Nerdy what episodes you may have liked more than others. Because even us as the host, we have... Some that we like more than others. Um, sure. So, please, we hope that you will um, go to podchaser.com and give us... Five stars. That's right, Emma. Five stars. And how could you turn down such a sweet little request like that? I can't. There's no way. And if you, all, you can, then boo on you. Mm. That is so not good. But, uh, so, Dr. Davis... Uh, how's the week been?
2: Hey, it's it's been quite the week. Well,
1: two weeks, friend. yeah, I a guess. couple weeks. Because we had to take a week off. Oh yeah, but well, yeah.
2: Halloween has happened. Since, yes, since we've been together. Um, uh, have you heard about uh, these zombie skittles?
1: No. Oh,
2: <laughs> I wish I had some here. So, some of my lovely children at school—they, you know—they were talking about their halloween candy and they were eating a little bit of it i didn't didn't mind so much um and they were talking about zombie skittles and they asked me if i liked them and i said i don't know what they are they said oh well we have a present for you so they gave me this little little mini bag of zombie skittles okay now to their credit they did (laughs) tell me the deal up front so in zombie skittles there's a couple of little it's like minefield okay There's a couple here and there that aren't quite right. They have like a a nasty flavor to
1: them. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like birdie butts.
2: Yes, exactly. It's like, yeah.
1: So some of them are like normal Skittles,
2: and then you get a hold of one, and it's like the nastiest thing you've ever (sighs) tasted. So one kid was like, yo, Mr. Davis, when I opened my bag of zombie Skittles, the first Skittle I ate was the zombie Skittle. I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds fun. So I tried it. So my fourth one was the bad one, and it I, I put on quite a show I bet because I was like really grossed out. I was like, oh my gosh, y'all have killed me! Oh no, no. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a, a fun thing. Some of my lovely children have discovered the podcast.
1: Oh really? Yeah,
2: I don't really you know uh, I don't necessarily try to hide it or anything like that, but I don't yeah. I don't really talk about it at school, um, and uh, some of them brought it up.
1: Speaking of students, we we also you know have another little buddy of ours that listens. Oh yeah! Shout out uh, to and, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Da- Mr. Mr. Nunez's Mr. Class. Nunez's, Mr. Uh, David's class, and he's a fantastic teacher and friend of the shows. Uh, big, uh, designed our logo.
2: Big super fan in his class. driven good. good. Yeah, he sent us a message. Uh, yes, I saw apparently that. Apparently, he listens to us all the time. Well, good. So, uh, shout out to Driven. And, and... Nerd Migo.
1: He should have a sticker on the way. I think he's got it already. He's got it? Good. Yeah. Good. They Good. have been delivered. Well, enjoy that. Put that on your trapper keeper, or your parents' car, or, uh, wherever you can uh, show off the show. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> right on. Right um. It, it, it. Now, it's not hard to notice that we did take a week off. We did. Uh, we had to. Life got in the way. It wasn't just for Halloween. Even though I feel it should be a national holiday it's not it's not why we took off uh, we'll get to more of that of course in a little bit um, but you know sometimes life just gets in a way but I do have a before we get to the the details of why we took off a week the details of maybe some changes to our future plans as well um, I have a, a Disney ice uh, Disney on ice story to tell you oh, okay so, next Saturday, Disney on Ice is coming to Knoxville. Right. And I used to go as a kid all the time. My parents would take me all the time. I saw Darkwing Duck on Ice, Little Mermaid on Ice, all of those classic Disney stuff. Um, I actually, growing up, used to have, you know, from Disney on Ice, I had this cup about this size, and Ariel was the handle that I got from Disney on Ice. And it was really cool. I also had a, a Darkwing Duck coffee mug. It was really cool. So, we were going to go next Saturday. Uh, my older brother and his wife are taking the kids, and my mom and dad are coming into town, and me and Madison were going to join them. Well, we get on last night to uh, the Coliseum's website to order tickets, and it's not just $22 a person. It's $22 a person, which I can, I can stomach that. You know, um, you pay more than that to go see a show in Pigeon Forge or some movies just yeah. about that. Um, however, there were so many... Excess fees that we would have to pay, including a location fee that Civic Coliseum charges mm-hmm. when you buy tickets through them. Mm-hmm. It's like four dollars a person, yeah. And not to, and other fees. It would have been thirty-five a person to go see it, and we were just like, mm, no, not really worth it because we know what's going to be there. What movie's coming out soon? Frozen. Frozen two. I've seen Frozen on Ice. It's, you know, so very repetitive. And I don't hate Disney on Ice. I loved it as a kid. I will take my kids. I love going as an adult. Yeah. But I I was just like, I don't know about 35 a person.
2: Um, I think that Becky's taking Emma to it. Um, That's good. So I don't know. She never said anything about what she paid for the time. I was like,
1: that's ridiculous. $35, that fills my car up you know i was like that's ridiculous it
2: was probably
1: oh no i bet the kids are either free or like five dollars or something like that um but it's smart though to overcharge the parents because you know they're bringing their kids when you come to town uh so why don't we we get into some of the details why you know we have taken some time off the past two weeks
2: um unfortunately my my dear friend jack he he lost his mother last week um very very difficult uh time um obviously and i f- i just felt like you know it was mm-hmm. more important that i I'd, I'd be a friend to jack so I, I spent a lot of time with him and yeah you know that group of friends we all kind of joined around and supported jack through a difficult time so um just couldn't really uh take the time to sit down to record our show uh definitely missed it but um you know sometimes absolutely but you
1: you have as a brother as a uh fellow friend as just a supportive person you have to yeah that's that's a higher priority yeah absolutely and and we we love jack here and uh he's such a he's been through it yeah you know, he's, not just his mother he's been through it yeah. very unfairly in life and but he is a gosh he's strong he's a trooper, he's a trooper man, man. For sure. and uh we love jack and uh we hope that y'all will keep him in your thoughts um, also, we had a little bit of back and forth uh issues with uh some of our future plans right um sadly, we have had to um forego uh appearing at marble city comic con um just a lot of things
2: seems like there was a lot of confusion um with uh some of their locations for the for the event uh who, some bookings who the would be Um, and apparently, unfortunately for Shannon, who was the, uh, promoter, the promoter of this event, he seemed to have some, uh,
1: familiar, well, his daughter got really, really sick.
2: Unfortunate things going on at home, so certainly, uh, can't, uh, no, can't hold that against him at all, but, uh, just, we felt like, you know, everything is so up in the air, we wanted to be prepared to make it a, a really good experience, and, Mm -hmm. um. We just felt like we wouldn't be able to deliver on that, so we no, decided yeah. to forego that. And uh, we hope
1: around. that in the future, though, uh, if it does uh, show up, another opportunity to do things with Shannon as yeah. well as Marble City, that we will definitely be there. Absolutely. Um, and we uh, definitely read us. Want to wish a speedy recovery to his daughter as well. Yeah. Um So it has been a crazy week. You know, the last time we recorded, I said. You know, man, Rocky Horror was great. It was fun. It was fantastic. It was energetic. It was tiresome. I mean, two days of double features, late night shows. It's very tiresome. Um, that I was taking a break. Um, mm-hmm. But there came an opportunity. Um, Encore is doing a chorus line in January, and it kind of. Fell to me this opportunity to get to perform in the show and the character that I'm playing as well as the story that just the show tells in general after thinking about it and after you know taking into consideration you know uh, I'm not good with time off I mean I've had (laughs) I've had my you know two weeks break since Rocky Horror I started to get bored at the house after work I'd just be like okay what do I do now you know, I've cleaned uh, and I've gotten to the point where I can't really game for hours, I can't play a video game for hours anymore Same. and so I just got to the point where I was like, you know what and the opportunity arose I kind of looked up more of the story of A Chorus Line and it really is a beautiful story especially as a theater nerd myself, the story it tells um, I figured why not <laughs> so I am doing the show <laughs> It it is uh, a fantastic show. However, I did not know the dancing I was getting into. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Good luck with that.
1: It's absolutely ridiculous the pacing and the style of dancing that this is. And Daniel is already kicking our butts. Daniel, who we just had on the show, is Dr. Frankenfurter for the Rocky episode. He's the choreographer, and he's he's kicking our tail. And I know I said I love Daniel. But at this point, I dislike Daniel because I'm still sore and we've been doing it for three or four days. And just the first two minutes of the musical is the hardest dancing I've ever done or seen in my entire life. Better so, than me, my friend. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's been going on. Um, and uh, as I said earlier last week or two weeks ago, our last episode was Rocky Horror Nerd Show. And we had a great visit by uh, uh, Daniel Leinberger, who is... a uh, a uh, fantastic Dr. Frankenfurter. He's played it multiple times. And uh, he's been in and out of uh, some professional circuit. So it was really cool to get to sit and talk to him. Yeah. And uh, he was very complimentary of uh, the episode, even though when going back and listening to the episode, I noticed that I must have been tired or something, because when I get tired, I ramble on. <laughs> <laughs> and most of that episode was me, just on tangent one, two, three, four through ten it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like wow I talked a lot so very apologetic for that um, but it is climbing the list and a lot of people's favorite episodes to listen to nice. um, and this week though I think this will be a very a big favorite of people especially if you're a nerd especially if you have been you have seen it uh, we're going to be talking about the movie joker yeah um, it has been kicking but in the theaters, uh, it's fantastic. It's it's game changing. Um, it's life altering. Make you think a little bit. Hopefully, very, it opens some eyes. Very impactful. I hope it opened more eyes to a problem that's big mm-hmm. in this day and age. Uh, but you know, we will get to that after a word from our sponsor. <laughs>
0: Just in time for the holidays, it's Lionel Bart's award-winning Dickens musical masterpiece, Oliver. The streets of Victorian England come to life, with some of the most memorable characters and songs ever to hit the stage. Oliver is a co-production of Encore Theatrical Company and Walter State Community College Department of Music and Theatre. Oliver is proudly presented by K-Tom Restaurant Supply Incorporated, MUS Fibernet, Sykes, Lakeway Dermatology Associates, Tar Chevrolet and Hyundai, Aaron's, Hampton Inn & Suites, Ashley Lodge Photography, Freddy Cat Productions, The Citizen Tribune, and WJDT and WBGQ. All runs November 29th through December 8th at the Walter State Inman Humanities Complex Theatre and is presented through special arrangement with Music Theatre International. Tickets are on sale now at etcplays.org or by calling 423-318-8331
2: so uh before we get started with uh, our regular stuff we had a couple of things we wanted to share yeah, right? yeah. so you have you have something yes
1: here? um so my girlfriend madison she uh surprised me yesterday yeah uh we were watching the tennessee kentucky game which crazy but we did win go not a beautiful game but go vols um and she got me this i guess what do you call them secret uh mystery box and it's a, a Funko Mystery Box. Uh, and by the looks of the symbol, it is from the Batman universe. Yeah. Which is so, stoked. So GameStop
2: has released all these mystery boxes. It's like special, exclusive GameStop pops. And it's usually like a character holding a controller, like gamer
1: characters. Yeah. So this is a pop. Yeah, so it can oh, be... I don't want it. Well, let's see <laughs> I'm what it is, because I might. Um, How much will you pay We'll see. <laughs> we'll
2: see what's in there. So you'll probably get three things. You're gonna get a pop, and it, there's a chance that it could be a chase, which is which is special. the rare thing. Yeah, yeah. Then there's probably gonna be a mini pop
1: in there, which I don't collect those, and then probably one other thing. But if it's in the box, I can't take the mini pop out to.
2: It'll probably have its own box. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Because yeah. I like uh, to him on the car or something. Yeah.
2: So it could be Batman. It could be Joker. Ooh. It could be either one. Either one. I don't care. So let's see what happens.
1: Fantastic. Um, Speaking
2: of surprises, while you're opening that, uh we have children crawling for the first time while they're listening to our podcast. Did you know that? Whose kid? Um, So my friend Chris uh, and his wife Mariah. Well, Chris. Chris Williams, Chris Williams. Yeah, their little daughter, Nora, she uh, crawled for the first time. While listening to us? Yeah. Probably me.
1: Sure heard Uncle Josh. I'll, find, I'll I'll. concede to that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's great. All right, so I'm trying to be careful because this is a very sharp Punisher knife.
2: Of course, only the best exactly. Here in the
1: Fortress. It doesn't shoot out like in the movie, does it? No. Okay. I can hear what you're thinking. All right, close that since you opened it. Um, alright, so, it's really cool, it's got the Batman emblem on the front, and my...
2: These are a big deal right
1: now. Surprise pop is... Is... Well, how do you open it?
2: Oh, come on, man.
1: I don't, I don't do this, this is your world, not mine. Do
2: you want
1: me to do it? No, I don't want you to do it, it was for me. Oh, got it, there we go. Okay. Alright. So, it is Joker it's standing up with a headset on playing a video game, which is not afraid to admit how I play a game if I play a game, especially if I'm lucky to have time to play Fortnite with them. Um, this is what I look oh, like. Oh, this is a good one. I even paint my hair green and everything when I play games. Yeah. So, thank you, Madison. That is... And a Pez. Comes oh, with a Pez, yeah. too. A Joker Pez. And a, a laughing pin. Glow-in-the-dark laughing pin. Oh, yeah. And this will go on the car. You looked out there, buddy. Beside the 30 and Nerdy sticker on the car. Thank you, darling. That's cool. Alright, time to talk Nerdy to you. So, we've been going down the Nerdarchy, or Order of Nerd, if you will. And we are up to level 5. Now... Level five is the duke of nerds. Or duchess. Or duchess. Duke or duchess. Absolutely. Um, so a duke would be considered a nice, safe place to be, in my humble opinion. Uh, you are definitely higher in your nerd IQ than most others, especially if you live in this area, if you're a duke. Uh, because nerd culture in the southeast slash Morristown, you know uh, farmer-style area is, is very hard to come by, and so if you're a duke, you're probably the higher on the food chain in your area. So, if you're a duke, you know of the multiverse, infinite earths, you know origins, you know deaths and resurrections, you know lineages, you know difference between the Robins and Batman, you know the Flashpoint Paradox, who the Korean scroll are, Wolverine's kids' names, uh, different musicals, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter, The One Ring, The Monday Night Wars, comics at a good level, and you've played every game system known to man just to get a feel for them. You are no Kevin Smith or Brian Quinn, but you can hold your own with some of the best and definitely enlighten the rest. And in all honesty, I would say in my house, I am the Duke of Nerds. Heck, in this town, you and I are probably the Duke of Nerds. I would say so. Uh, in this in this little town we live in. Uh, no. It's good to be a king though, too. So. King's fine, I guess. Um but I mean I would be f- I, w- I would I would. F- would it be fair to say we're would you put us at the Duke level? Or do you think you have what it takes to be the next level I talk about next week?
2: We'll see. Okay. We'll
1: see. Okay. After we get done with the nerdarchy, we will have the listeners maybe send in what they think they are. Yeah, sure. And they think we are. And then we can talk about what we think each other hey, is.
2: speaking of listeners. Yes. Listeners, we need your help.
1: Absolutely, so, we do. So,
2: we had to change our plans for our first episode in December. December is going to be Star Wars month here at the show. Uh, we wanted to do a full episode on The Mandalorian. But that was before we realized that The Mandalorian is being released one episode at a time. So... We need a new topic for the episode. Something Star Wars themed. Now we've had a few suggestions. Yes,
1: do you want to hear them? And if you if your suggestion gets picked, you in f- some form or fashion get to join us on the show. Sure, if you want to. If you want to, you don't have to, but if you want to. So these are what we have: uh, the dark side of the force, the best bad guys. I like that. Um, the prequels, which uh, the prequels, the hate of. Mini Nerdians, yes, you like that. Mini Corians. yeah. Play on words. The classics, which I would say we probably won't do because each of those deserve their own episode. We're going to do those right. the The BMFs of the galaxy, (laughs) um, the prequel comics, and Ray's parents. Okay, Um, which we might get. We would probably actually get to that one in Rise of Skywalker. Hopefully, 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 um, I if think they answer it.
2: We definitely want to do something that's sort of a broader topic, yeah. so there's lots to talk about. So nothing too specific, but uh, please send in some suggestions about some Star Wars topics that we can do. A please
1: more. do. You can uh, email the them. On. Uh, to 30 and nerdy pod at gmail.com or just uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter and send it in that way. Uh, and again, if you're interested and yours gets picked, you can join us on the show somehow. Uh, so, why don't we move on to your favorite segment okay, called What You Watching? Yeah. So, um, like I said, it's been two weeks. Um, but I've actually started listening to two new podcasts some friends of the shows uh three fat nerds yeah which they're very funny funny guys great uh and three hours later um and we've also happily joined them in a uh a group called a pod raid which uh kind of bands together and listens to rates and helps other indie pods kind of get their name out there through twitter and stuff like that uh so if you have heard of uh Three fat nerds, and three hours later, definitely keep listening to them if you haven't checked them out. Uh, I mean, there's a whole pod nation out there that I, I honestly, I had no idea. We we have we have not scratched the surface of just the pods we've listened to. We have yeah. yet to scratch the surface. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of them, and I went back, and you know we w- went back to watch Joker again. Yes, we did. Uh, took Becky to see it. Yeah. Um, and she loved it. Mm-hmm. I have also um started. Uh, well, dang, I forgot the name of it. Daybreak? Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: about halfway through the first episode because I fell asleep. Oh. Uh, yeah. Not but I sign. love the aspect that it's like the parents. Like, you already kind of get this feel that it's like, since the adults are the ones that get infected, then you have like, High schoolers who aren't infected that are having to run things, yeah. so it kind of adds this societal like high school archy feel, like the non-popular, the rich, the you know stuff like the that, drugs, the- and it kind of gave me some PTSD of high school. No, no. And I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god, yeah. this is exactly how it'd be. This is exactly how it would be. Um, and plus the whole, um, they can only say the last question. Or something like that. That uh, the zombies. Oh yeah. Like the, the only thing they had, they were able to say is the last question that was on their mind, or something. something like uh, very. It's very. I- I'm definitely already interested. I'm already caught. Yeah. Uh, and plus, the main guy uh, was young Sam Winchester and yes, Supernatural, and I knew you knew that was coming. Yeah. Uh, so, but he does well. It's very well done. I uh, can't wait to binge it uh, some more. Uh, so, I've been watching that, listening to some podcasts, uh, and mostly at rehearsal now, again. So, what about you?
2: Oh, what have you been watching? You're going to be so proud. Okay. Well, I decided it was time. I started a little show called Titans. Yeah I did it. I did it. I pulled the trigger. Um, I watched two episodes so far, and I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm very, very impressed with it. Uh, the fight scenes, man, are incredible. Robin just beat the devil out of a
1: bunch of dudes. <laughs> yes. Like, it was... And it is definitely R-rated. Uh, yes, it, it yes is. Yes, it is.
2: Yeah, thank you for uh, bringing that up. Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's not for the young ones. So um, you
1: saw... So what do you, what do you think about Dick Grayson, who's he's playing? He's great. He's, he's fantastic. Great. He
2: reminds me of like a, a young, handsome Logan.
1: Logan Roach? Yeah. Listen, I thought, I thought we talked about this. I thought you were okay, gonna...
2: okay. I'm allowed one time to okay. bring him up. You bring him up like five times per episode. Okay. This is that's my one and five. All but he does look like a young handsome Logan. <laughs> he really does.
1: Cuz Logan right now is older and not handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez.
2: Well, he was Fat Thor for Halloween. He was Fat Thor that for Halloween, which sad.
1: was very well done. He did a good job. Very well done. I love What do you
2: think about Raven? Oh man, Raven scared the out of me uh last night i was she had her first it was like like, she was looking at a picture of a dude in a a morgue Mm -hmm. and um he like his face came out and screamed at her and i'm sitting over here in my chair i was almost (laughs) like getting kind of sleepy and i was like "Ah!" jump scare you know i hate when that happens so they got me but uh, i'm really impressed i love all the all the fight scenes all the stories so far the characters are great very good Oh, I can't nice wait. Nice, gritty oh, Batman yeah. story.
1: Which is what? Teen Titans story. Exactly. Yeah. And, again, kids, rated R. Yeah. So, but, yes, I'm so glad we get to start talking about this as each episode happens. Um, so, great. Great. Uh, well, it has been a big week of uh, what you're watching, and we've got even more to talk about in a little bit. So, why don't we get on to... Alright, the news, the nerd news. So, uh, you know, this coming Tuesday, certain streaming service arrives. Yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, no um, big deal. NBD. Uh, we did post a couple weeks ago the list of everything that will drop day one. Hey, so,
2: let me tell you a little little something about that. So, one of, I went to Full sale, uh, mm-hmm. and I've kind of kept in touch with one of my teachers there. He's a really smart guy. So he actually did the math on this, okay? So, he took all the content that they're releasing right when it launches. Mm -hmm. He says, if a person spent 16 hours a day, 7 days a week watching, and this is when they would would finish watching everything on there, August 11th, 2020 at 4.04 p.m. That's how long it would take a person when the when the service launches, they started right then, sixteen hours a day. They would they would not be able to watch everything until August eleventh, twenty twenty.
1: Good lord.
2: That's not counting the stuff that's still gonna come as the months roll on. Yeah. And they've announced that they're gonna put endgame on there right away.
1: Yeah, and they've got a straight to D plus movie coming out, Lady in the Tramp live yeah. action. It's gonna be great. So that's I mean it's huge. Very, very. And cool. that obviously is going to be in a few months, um, kind of coinciding with the release of HBO Max, Warner Media's stream service that's coming out. And not only do they have sole rights to Friends, which means everyone will buy HBO Max just so they can get their Friends fringe binge on. Whatever. Um, I don't see the the love of it, but whatever. <laughs> 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 they uh, they're gonna have a Green Lantern series. Yeah, coming to uh, HBO Max. Uh, also, HBO Max is planning on having eight to ten Warner Brothers provided films, with the number expected to increase over time. Some of those films could be produced by and overseen by Greg Berlanti, who currently has an overall deal with Warner Brothers and produces several DC television products.
2: Hmm.
1: So maybe. You start to see the DC Universe from TV starting to show up in HBO Max world.
2: Interesting to see what happens.
1: It will be interesting. Greg's done a really good job with DC television. Lots to
2: talk about in a couple of weeks when we have our Streaming Wars episode.
1: Stream Wars 2, Revenge of the Binge. Yeah. Yes, I like that. Um, Speaking of streaming... Netflix has released a statement Mm. saying that older Roku models, as well as some Samsung and Vizio smart TVs, will stop supporting the Netflix app. Some people believe that this is first of many cuts to come beginning December 1st of this year. Why would they do that, you think?
2: I don't know if this is some sort of effort to uh, prevent people from sharing their... Stuff, or hmm. if it's because there's going to be so much content that those old uh, devices Honestly. can't handle it. I don't know, uh, but I think a lot of people are.
1: Well, speaking of the sharing, about that. Uh, there was an interview in this report with product boss, Netflix product boss Greg Peters, and he said that annually they lose upwards of $1.62 billion to password sharing. Yeah. So I would probably try to cut down on sharing as much as I yeah, could as well. I understand. Not that we share. With, it's ours. We don't share with anyone. Why would we do that? No. Um, so moving on, the Batman has found two more cast members. It was re- it was reported this week they have solidified Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see. And Andy Circus is Alfred.
2: We'll see. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs>
2: um, this the, the, this is going in an interesting direction. All the casting of this movie—it really so is. You know,
1: um, we'll see. That's all. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you I'm know, I'm not opposed
2: to it by any means.
1: Well, it's it's weird because you know, most of us nerds first knew Andy Serkis as Gollum, the voice to Gollum, right, and the mocap suit to Gollum. Then most nerds, you know, he was Clow in the MCU, which me and Maddie just made it up to Age of Ultron. She's on her watch through of the MCU, and uh, she just saw Age of Ultron. And, you know, Clow has his scene with Ultron and stuff like that. Knowing that he, I was like, ah, really gonna have to see with this one, because just seeing some of the roles that Andy Serkis well, has yeah. played, some of them I would not say are Alfred. This is gonna be Definitely. a very
2: physical Alfred. I'm, I'm assuming, I you know, assume it's, it's <laughs> not gonna be the old fragile mm-hmm. Alfred. It's gonna yeah. be the one who can really fight, kick some kick butt. butt, because
1: it is a younger Batman. Yeah. So, yeah, um, okay. We'll see. Again, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving forward. So, though they canceled Naomi Watts' uh, prequel series, um, they have the prequel series to Game of Thrones. Naomi Watts had a prequel series to Game of Thrones. They had some cast announced, and then HBO decided to cut it and drop it. However, they are moving forward with a different prequel series, that has gotten a ten-episode order at HBO, and it'll be all about the Targaryen Civil War.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay. We'll see. <laughs> um, in more exciting news, Spider Verse sequel yes! has officially been announced for April eighth, two thousand twenty-two.
2: It's a long way but away. It's too far away, it's a long
1: people. However, gonna if they're going to deliver another amazing product like Spider Verse one. We'll, we'll wait. It'll, it'll be, be worth well it. worth it.
2: But you know, the good thing about this, at t- April 8th, 2020,
1: 2022...
2: 2022. Yeah, lots of twos there. Emma will probably be old enough that to she see it in a movie, you know? Absolutely. So maybe she'll get to see it with us. And that's
1: like two days before my birthday. That's right. So that could yeah. be my birthday present. Yeah, it'll be a big Sweet. thing. We'll make a big deal of it. Um, So moving on, IGN reports that the original... Sanderson sisters, mm-hmm. are very open and willing to return to the D-plus sequel of Hocus Pocus. You know,
2: I've been thinking about this, because with Halloween being the other day, they, uh, they had Hocus Pocus on rerun, mm-hmm. and we watched a little bit of it, and they had a, a pop-up version where they'd have little facts. Yeah. Like, did you know that the fountain from um, Friends, the little intro to Friends... Is yeah.
1: seen in Hocus Pocus when they're dancing. They're like, "We just beat them. We just saw oh, they're gone, gone, gone." They beat the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, when they put them guess, in the uh, I don't know the incinerator thing. And I
2: was like, "Oh, hey." Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was thinking, I would love more Hocus Pocus. I'll watch it and I'll be excited about it. But is there really any way that it can top the first one? No, absolutely not. Well, I mean, how? long?
1: Twenty-five years?
2: Something like that. Since the first one. There's no way anything could be as good. They're gonna, let alone have,
1: better. they're gonna have a lot of explaining to do too.
2: Yeah. It'll be great, I'm sure, but oh, I, mean, I just don't.
1: But no, not think no. it'll measure up. No, absolutely not. Um, moving on, some weird news: James Dean is being brought back to life I saw that. through CGI technology for an upcoming war drama movie, Finding Jack. That's odd, because if you can do that they're almost immortal their performances Mm -hmm. can go on and on and on i mean then you could i mean we've already seen somewhat of this cgi technology with uh governor tarkin showing up in rogue one when he's been dead for years younger princess leia showing up in rogue one using cgi technology Mm -hmm. so i mean this opens up to a whole new world of entertainment as well as the possibilities um that maybe you could start seeing things like, I mean, what if at the end of this Obi-Wan series, they were to do some CGI with Alec Guinness. that Leading in, like, walking up on Luke and them, like, knocked out from the sand people. Mm-hmm. I was like, that'd be cool. Okay, this opens, It's it's really interesting, but at the same time, kind of scary to think of what you can do with the technology. But I'll probably check it out. And the last but not least, which leads us into what we're talking about today. Joker crosses $900 million at the Worldwide Box Office. To be exact, $984.7 million.
2: So most likely, by the time we sit down again next week, they It'll will be have crossed the, the $1
1: billion. billion. They will right. be joining the $1 billion club, and for DC... They would be joining The Dark Knight Rises, The Dark Knight, and the original Superman movie. Are the only three so far that have crossed the billion dollar mark wow. under DC Entertainment. Wow. And Joker being one of them. And really, it's not a comic book movie. I, I think that says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot. Um, it's really cool. And it's well worth it. It's well deserved.
2: Hey, I thought about going for a third time. I'll be honest with you.
1: I mean... You know I'm down. Let's watch it again. I actually, the second time we saw it, I caught some things. For sure, little nuances. Yeah, I thought that I'm the like. second time was even better. Mm, We're yeah. getting ahead of ourselves. We are. We are. So uh, that is all of your nerd news. This episode has been brought to you by Akita Express. Akita is a family-owned restaurant where they treat you like family and feed you till you're full. Full Full-service portions and quality at a fast pace. They'll honestly believe in providing the best customer service as fast food for a reasonable price. Fresh I bought you grilled food in a matter of minutes. If you haven't tried it, I'm sure they will be able to fix something you will enjoy. Ten out of ten would recommend. I do love Akita Express. Give them a try. They're right here in Washtown, Tennessee at 3100 East Morris Boulevard. And when you stop by, tell them 30 and nerdy sent you. That's right. It's time. Time for us to... On the Joker. No, not the Joker as a character this time. We did that. Yeah. But Joker, the vastly successful 2019 film directed by Todd Phillips, which is now the number one rated R movie of all time. It is getting so near the Billion Dollar Club, which like we said earlier, rightfully slow, and it has cracked IMDb's top 10 movie list of all time. And, when premiering at the Venice Film Festival, it received an 8-minute long standing ovation. Mm Mm-hmm. And did you know that a... uh, Well, I'm sure you knew, J.D., a big arc of the failed stand-up comedian comes from what famous Batman graphic novel? That would probably be The Killing Joke. Yes, Todd Phillips is a huge fan of The Killing Joke. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they did it well without mimicking it. Yeah, they did. Um, It's just more of like an Easter egg style. Uh, Also, fun fact, the script would change immediately... Before shooting some days, and that was the writers and Todd Phillips keeping the performers on their toes. So imagine, oh, you would hate it. You oh, yeah. would, You would absolutely hate that.
2: Well, I do know that Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips would talk on the phone for a couple of hours every night mm-hmm. after a day of shooting. So I think that... I do like a
1: lot of, what if? hmm Oh, I, I like that I listened to better.
2: Joaquin Phoenix talk about that on Chris Hardwick's podcast. Yeah. Uh ID10T.
1: Used to be so, Nerdist, or, yeah, yeah.
2: He sold that, so it's ID10T now. <clears throat> but um, and he talked about that whole thing that they would just talk for hours about what direction they were going in yeah. and what they wanted to accomplish and everything, and uh, paid off.
1: Wow, oh, man. it paid off in a big way for sure. Um, and what a testament to the performers! Like, imagine, uh, oh hey, you know, yesterday how we gave you the next scene script. Guess what? Mm, changed it. Uh, <laughs> so look over these. <laughs> we'll start in ten minutes. <laughs> Uh, get you a coffee. You'd be like, I can't work under these conditions. Uh, yeah. I'd be done. <laughs> I'll be in my trailer.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one of the defining elements I think that makes this movie very successful and keeps you on the edge of your seat is the music. Oh yeah. We talk a lot on this show about the driving force that a good uh underlying soundtrack can be. And and I'm not talking about, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack you think all classic rock. Great choice. Yeah. Then you've got like the Lord of the Rings soundtracks that are just music, undertones strong music, powerful music, anything little playing in the background Logan did well with that the movie Logan, it's soundtrack uh, was very good, Uh, which is actually the same guy who did Insidious, which is why you hear a lot of the similar tones Uh, but this music um, and the composer I'm going to butcher this name is Hildur Goodnadotir. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Um, it's eerie. It's sad. It's haunting.
2: Yeah. Um, well, and throwing in all the Frank Sinatra stuff too, like when he's in his little fantasy moments yes. and things are kind of looking up, and he's in his dancing yeah. and everything.
1: Um, and then you throw in a famous Nanny song. <laughs> yeah. Who was that? Was created by a known criminal. He's actually still sitting in in jail the creator of that song really um a lot of people were up in arms about that because the creator of that song is in jail for um how do we say this underage stuff oh he is a pedophile oh this composer was of that song that joker starts when he's immediately that it's all in all the jock jam cds from the 90s too a known pedophile and still in jail Wow. But they did it in a way to where he would receive no rights whatsoever from them using it. They got, like, a whole lawyer involved and everything. Because even though they were using it, they didn't want a known pedophile getting rights. Uh, Maybe
2: they should have just chosen different music.
1: I mean, they could have. But it kind of helped that dancing down the steps. Yeah, it worked. And plus, it got 90s kids in the mood. Like, hey, I know that one. Mm I know that. Yeah. (laughs) So... Um, I know a lot of people were up in arms about that, but what they did not go on to realize is that this man sitting in prison did not get any rights, any money from this. He's not collecting a check. Uh, they did it in a way to where he did not get anything from using it. I had heard anything it. about that. Yeah, so. it's a big thing that moms were like, well, I know this song was done by a ba ba ba. I think that it only drove the sadistic feel. Knowing now, knowing now that who the composer is, does it not help add this, oh, God, like feel to it? Just like a, ugh. Yeah, maybe a little. Yeah. I think Phillips did it for a reason. I think it was done to, to add um, kind of an outwardly breaking the fourth wall. Oh, gosh, why would they use this feel? Um, and did you know that uh, the music at the end when he's standing on the car with all of his... Clown followers. thugs, his followers. Um, they threw in an old Batman tone from the old Batman movie, the Keaton movie. Did you hear that when we were no. watching it? They threw in like a... Uh, nah, 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 just that little bit.
2: No, I didn't catch that at all.
1: And it's very subtle. I didn't catch it till the second time. Um, and also, Todd Phillips asked composer Hildur... Good enough good not yeah (laughs) hilder to start writing music off the script which is very rarely done in movies basically she reads the script to start composing along with the words she's seeing on the paper as opposed to seeing actions going in front of her i like that and i was like that's talent man Mm -hmm. like knowing what the soundtrack and the soundscapes that they use are now knowing that she did most of that just by reading the words todd phillips wrote
2: the most memorable music for me was when he was I think he might have been walking down the hallway in his apartment, like when he was on his way to do the the show, the Murray yeah. show. Um really heavy, percussive, like yes. strong brass yes. sounds in the music. And it almost like followed his footsteps, mm-hmm. you know. Um really a dark, eerie sort of tone to it. It fit so well and I remember just feeling the excitement. In that moment, because the he music like, helped build There he up. is. Yeah. That's it. That's The him. hair's
1: here. The makeup's here. There the attitude a little bit. Yes. And just a little smirk as the elevator's closing. Kind of like, now he smiles. Now he's happy. Uh, kind of like what he tells his mom, I haven't been happy a day in my life. No. Yeah. But now you can see that he is, because he's just let go and embraced it. He the...
2: says, nothing can hurt me anymore. Yeah,
1: nothing can hurt me anymore. Because, um, I mean, think about what it leads up to that. He's been beaten and battered and lied to and cheated and screwed over. And I think that drives the nothing can hurt me anymore. Yeah.
2: You just wait and wait for him to just
1: finally you know, pop. Ex- yeah, ex- just yeah. explode after all the things Absolutely. that have happened. Yeah. And that's like most of the movie. You're just, okay, is this what causes mm-hmm. him to? Okay, he's. Still- we'll, we'll talk about yeah, that for yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, any yeah. other thoughts on the music? No. Um, I think it was great, beautiful. Haunting, I actually uh, downloaded the soundtrack from iTunes, and all it is is the the soundscape music. Yeah, Yeah, the orchestration. I love it. It's fantastic. Moving on, the performances. Phoenix is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Alliteration. Phoenix is phenomenal. Um, Do you know he's based his laugh on videos of people suffering from a condition called pathological laughter?
2: I did know that. He watched several hours of that footage to sort of... um help him I think that's creepy prepare his life like
1: imagine sitting in the dark watching videos of nothing but people l- who suffer from this disease
2: I think this just shows that like when you get really invested and really committed to a role and you do go the mm-hmm. method route like that well I don't like, it he actually really said off. in
1: an interview he went back and watched some interviews with other joker performers and he said that dark place that they talk about he's like I didn't go there He's like, I'm fine. He's like, I didn't have to go to some Edgar Allan Poe dark place to play the Joker. His like, I just performed the part.
2: Yeah, but he also I was like, eh, lost I how don't know. much weight? 50 Fifty-two pounds. pounds. Fifty-two pounds. I was like, that's a little. He was really committed. Ridiculous. So that's, that's
1: commitment. But he said that he didn't go to the dark place that he had heard Leto, Ledger, and Nicholson talk about. He's like, I didn't. I, I didn't go to it. I think. I think, naturally, he's an oddball already as it is. Mm-hmm. So he might already live in that dark place.
2: Yeah, he only does certain roles. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: very choosy. Um, like you said, he lost 52 pounds for the part. Um, he actually also studied silent film stars Buster Keaton and Ray Bulger for Arthur and Joker movements, how he walked, how he stood, how he kind of swayed, some of his little dancy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stuttered a lot of Buster Keaton um and that's another version of like gosh that's studying like he did he did the type of studying that that's the safe route you know like you hear stories of the studying and the process that ledger took himself through and it's almost like comparing the two like well it's not a surprise that ledger lost it yeah and couldn't sleep he was researching some dark stuff some anarchist type stuff, some dark web stuff to get him in the mood, and Leto would do things like sending these terrible gifts to his co-stars to get them to treat him like the Joker. And I was like, eh, that's some of it sounds fun when you talk about it, but I couldn't imagine. Can you imagine being? Uh... I could never do anything like that. Yeah, I would never be that method. Yeah, I could not do all. that method. That that's ridiculous. The dance in the bathroom was completely improvised by Joaquin Phoenix after boy. the first shooting uh, hit the, uh, the way that he set it up is like they just the cameras were rolling and he just stopped and he just started doing these movements and they just kept rolling it worked as out as he went and I was like man well it just proves that uh, as a performer and just I think my lesson in life that I've tried to learn is I think some of the best things some of the truly best things whether it be on stage on camera with friends happen unplanned mm-hmm. and I, and I I, I totally agree. Absolutely. Uh, his mom, do you recognize her?
2: Yeah, she's, uh, she was Barney's mom in How much Met Your Mother. Yes. She was also in American Horror Story. Yes. I don't know her name.
1: You uh spit fired a fact to me that I had no idea she who she played. She was the
2: teacher in The Grinch. Yeah, I, did, I did
1: not recognize that. Yep. She was the teacher. Uncredited, though. I
2: think, think she was uncredited. I don't know why, but yeah, it's definitely her.
1: Um. Just going through some of these notes here. Uh, I liked in the performances. You know, we don't know a whole lot about Thomas Wayne as an individual because ninety-nine percent of stories we get about Thomas is up at the shooting. He's already dead. He's already dead, Uh, unless of course Flashpoint. You get to meet an evil version because Bruce died in that. But this gave Thomas Wayne a character, somewhat. Yeah. You know the. He's running for mayor. He's kind of a jerk, kind of egotistical, rich. You know, I mean, I liked that aspect of giving him a character to kind of like, wow, Thomas Wayne's not really a hero little, little here.
2: personality. Yeah, it's like, wow,
1: no wonder he got shot in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dang. Um, and did you know his name is Brett Cullen? Uh, he has been in two Batman movies now.
2: He was in The Dark Knight Rises, you told me. Yes, he was a congressman
1: who got kidnapped by Selena Kyle at the beginning. Wow. The one that shows up in the bar, she gets in his yeah. car, he has a line with uh, um, one of the cops, he says, ah, well, the mayor's going to dump him in the spring. <laughs> you know, like, that's his line. Okay. He's talking about the, the mayor's going to fire Jim Gordon because yes. it's not wartime anymore. Uh, but yeah, and then he's kidnapped by Selina Kyle and taken to that bar and...
2: I'd like to go back and rewatch the Dark Knight Trilogy. We should. Let's do that sometime. Absolutely.
1: Just like we're going to watch Zombievers. Totally going to (laughs) watch Zombievers, man. It's on Um, the list. And he's also not a stranger to comic book movies. Do you know what Marvel comic book movie he was in?
2: The Punisher.
1: Close, but no. Ghost Rider. Yes. He played Bart Blaze. In the beginning, he was Johnny Blaze's father. No way. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Hey. And uh, he's also in one of my favorite sports movies, The Replacements. Oh. A lot of things, then. Yeah. Uh, He is, actually. um, So, any performances aside from that? De Niro was good. I love De Niro in this movie. He's fantastic. And
2: I think that him being in this movie really helps me relate it to Taxi Driver. So there's, they're very similar in a lot of ways, you know. It's that, that gritty New York uh, '70s type of feel. The, Pushing, the person that, around, the person that you follow, you know, they're a little unstable, and you're just waiting on them to snap. And then in the end, in a way, despite the horrible things that they've done, both Joker and Robert De Niro's character in Taxi Driver, they're sort of held up as heroes,
1: vigilante style. Yeah, heroes. Um, very similar. But yeah, I loved, I remember when they came out with the casting of De Niro, I was like, oh, come on, don't water it down with star power. But I think, but at the same time, I was like, actually, you know what, De Niro's the star you can put here, because he's done The Goodfellas, he's done those mafia-style movies like Taxi, and he does the gritty very well. Yeah, It's not like putting... Andy Griffith in that part And he was like
2: a perfect talk show host yes. type character, you
1: know. He Absolutely. really pulled it off. It was um, He completely made you forget about being uh, in Meet the Parents, <laughs> that character. <laughs> yeah. so uh, circle of trust. circle of trust, Greg. I'm counting on you, Greg. Uh, so, let's move forward to uh, the anxiety of the movie. Yeah. Uh, because that's a driving force.
2: Well, there's a lot of uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. in the movie and um, you know a lot of people have felt some some anxiety in watching this a friend of the show Chase uh, I spoke to him a little bit he said that at the end of the movie he had a full on anxiety attack oh, yeah. and this was something that he said you know he didn't really have a lot of experience with but you know he you know, he said something about how like you know you're rooting for Arthur despite the fact that He's, you know, he's not right, and you're yeah. expecting him to go into this into this talk show, and he's going to commit suicide, and, and the buildup of all that, he said it was just like, yeah, you know, he felt like he couldn't breathe and all this stuff, but he said despite that, he loved the movie.
1: Well, and when we say you're rooting for Arthur, you're not rooting for him to commit these mass no. murders, you're rooting for him, because like, God, they have let him down. Yeah. Society he has You sympathize with Yeah, him. you're just like, I know those people. I've been those people before. I, I, You know, every day where I work, you know, at Central Services, these type, these people who just need help, I mean, they're everyday people for us, especially if you work in social services, psychology, right. stuff like that. So you know an Arthur Fleck. You've spoken to him countless times, and to, you, you're rooting for him because you see the down downwards I, and I love how there's this beautiful with the sad music playing the undertones the slow walk he's taking up the steps at the beginning of the movie after his counseling session mm-hmm. like he takes that every day and it's just
2: the world beats him down dull. so much and you yeah. just see him you just see dragging him physically beaten down series. this long journey back mm-hmm. back home to his mom
1: where he has just, to take care of her
2: just to get up and do it all over again the next day
1: those stairs are actually in uh, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Lots of people are flocking there to yes. do their own Joker yes. dancing videos.
1: And like you said earlier, there's always this feel of just edge on your seat. What's mm-hmm. next? When does it happen? Uh,
2: the second time that we saw it, when he uh, when he pulled the gun on Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and you know pulled the trigger. Yeah, there was a, a woman. You know, a couple rows in front of us. She covered her covered her mouth with her hands gasped yeah. loudly <laughs> just <gasps> audible reactions yeah um, um Becky told me after the movie was over she you know she had felt a little anxiety watching it yeah she said it was great she loved it so she recommends it
1: and it also gives this brilliant like at the end when everything's wrapping up it gives you this brilliant feeling of what is real you and never what's know, not you
2: know and I love how they play with that like you get this this idea that you know Bruce Wayne is his brother and Thomas Wayne is his father and I and love that he's got this girlfriend idea. yes I love it so and so great I love that and then then we don't really know what's they real. don't
1: leave you with a definitive answer and when we
2: find out that the girlfriend you know he was imagining all that yeah. all that was we don't we see what happens we just see him walk out the door cuz she's saying you know my
1: daughter's asleep Please don't to us. please leave your Arthur you live that moment you had an audible the first time we saw it. Yeah. When she's like, "You're Arthur, aren't you? The one that lives down." The, and you're mm-hmm. just like, "Oh my God, this has been should have the entire known. time." Was, you know, part of me was also thinking, "What is she doing?" He's <laughs> she knows he's like he's kind of weird, rough around the edges. Yeah. And I think that that helps drive the whole what's real, what's not, mm-hmm. just from that moment. Because um, then you start questioning. You know, the picture of his mom that he finds. And on the back it says, you have a beautiful smile, T.W. Love your smile. Love your smile, yeah. And even, I looked at you at one point and you went, it's in his head. And, but then you're like, is it? Yeah. <laughs> is he his son? Is he? Like, I want it to be true. I do, because that would add such a cool dynamic to the mythos of yeah. their, their battle.
2: That moment when he gets to the gate. At Wayne Manor and he reaches through the gate and he pulls Bruce's mouth with yes. a smile.
1: That gives me goosebumps. Goosebumps. Every yes. time. Absolutely. Uh, the second time we saw it you nudged me and showed me your arm you were like, yeah. oh. yeah. ugh. <laughs> um, I said this in the episode where we talk about the character of the Joker, but um, our friends over at For Your Reference Podcast, the way that they put it is Most films strike a balance of highs and lows, but Joker sat in its pain without any levity, allowing us to see from his eyes the development into Joker. Um, And that's so true, even at the end, you know, when he's talking to the psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum, or hospital, you know, which we know is the precursor to the asylum, there's still no resolution. There is none. So you even leave this, and there's no post-credit scene. There's no breath, I guess, after it. No time to go. Okay, it's all solved because then you're just like, uh, does he bust out? What is the bloody footprints in his head? Like, so is that whole I, I sit down? I
2: kind of wanted it to end, and like when he's laying on the hood of the car, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up, and he's standing up on top of the car dancing, you know? Yeah. And there's a blackout at the end, and I think you can hear him laughing. Yeah. That's what I wanted the ending to be. Yes. You know, I, I didn't feel like we needed that last
1: We didn't. Scene. Um, That's my only, like, criticism. Yeah, I, I don't think we needed it. Um, I almost wonder... I even saw a tweet uh, the other day from another uh, podcast, I cannot remember the name, that they had just seen the Joker for the third time, and they said, what if the entire time he's actually still in the thing at the end where he's laughing at the joke and all that
2: that the whole movie's in that his the head. whole
1: movie has been in his head the entire time could be and i was like my god that, that was would, like a in, third or fourth in a way <laughs> what that would make sense I absolutely mean,
2: the joker he's shrouded
1: yeah. in mystery yeah there is no direct insanity or sanity it's literally there for interpretation yeah in the joker's mind um Let's get to the societal aspects, because there's a lot of kind of subtle mic drops, if you will, on society as a whole. Uh, Because even in the movie, they give him almost a Mm vigilante-esque justified in those killings, because they were bad people. They were just three rich jerks who worked for Wayne's company, who were picking on a woman and beating him up.
2: Yeah, I mean... If you think about it this way, you know, the Joker and Batman, they're supposed to be polar opposites, Mm -hmm. but in a way, are they really that different? Because, and especially in this version, you know, both of them have this traumatic childhood Mm -hmm. event, and then they want to take out the bad guys. They want to, you know, the Joker, in that first scene on the subway when he kills those three dudes... You know, they were harassing that woman, they were messing with him, and he fought back, and he was considered a hero by some
1: people. Yeah, he, you know, that movement was started by that.
2: Who chooses who the bad guys are? Who, who...
1: Society. Who
2: says that Batman, you know, is...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, even, like, Harvey Bullock. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even early on, Commissioner Gordon. To them... Batman's a bad guy because yeah. he's taking justice into his old hands, and you're not supposed to do that. So there's also kind of this injustice in where would Arthur be if they didn't cut the funding? Uh, yeah. Was it helping? You know was it the, you know the refill on his medication like he, that line gets me. Every, every, and he says, who yeah. am I supposed to yeah. see about my medication? She's just, I don't know.
2: Sorry, Arthur.
1: They don't care about you, Arthur. Yeah. They don't care about me. Yeah.
2: Um, he was trying to do the right thing, you know? That's I think what, so. That's part of what makes it so tragic. And, you know, he, he's trying to do the right thing. He carries the little card around that says what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. He goes to the, uh, the, the counseling. He takes yes. his medicine. He's, he's got this right. this job
1: as a clown because he wants to make people smile. Yeah, he doesn't do it just for a paycheck. He genuinely wants to be a funny guy.
2: Well, and he wants he does want people's attention. Yeah, he talks about how he's felt like his whole life does he even exist? Mm-hmm. And he just wants a little bit of attention, and a little love. You know, he has the dream sequence where he's at the in the audience of yes. the, the Murray show, and he stands up and has him come down there and he says oh i wish i had a son like you yeah
1: and he's like arthur that was really beautiful what you said you know mm-hmm. you're a funny guy you're a great guy Arthur." and that's really all arthur wants that's at the end of the wants. day yeah. um but you know society fails him in not just cutting the funding and but you know everyone has a bad day Kind of like, I mean, and even De Niro's characters, like, do you think that justifies what you've done—the killing of those three sweet, innocent—you know? Um, so it really is the head, head of the coin. What side of the coin do you look at? Um, and not to make a two-face reference, but I think someone even said Batman and jo- and Joker are the different sides of the coin. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know, history is written by the winners. So, who names villains, who names bad guys. Exactly. Like you said. And I think that's where most people are uncomfortable with this movie. It's not the murders, because in all honesty, every Joker before him killed way more people.
2: I think the kill count was six, Mm -hmm. maybe seven. Because uh, we didn't, well, we didn't see him kill the lady. We at the don't end. know we just see the bloody footprints.
1: Yeah, if he killed the people in the apartment, either. We don't know if he killed the mom. Uh, I think, in all honesty, I think all of his killing were people who hurt who hurt him in some form or fashion.
2: Well, let's see the three dudes on the subway. Yeah. his mom uh, lied to him. His, his life mom
1: and tried to kill him as a kid.
2: So we're
1: told. So, so we're, we're told. To believe, yeah, um, Murray, so
2: the mom. Uh, Murray. Well, the guy that lied about the gun. The guy that was... Oh, was yeah, he stabbed with... him with scissors. <laughs> scissors, yeah. Um, but then he
1: looks at the little guy and he's like, you were always nice to me. I'm not going to hurt you. you. know, he tried to scare him a little bit when he was little. <laughs> he <leaving>. did. <laughs> a... <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: Poor guy couldn't reach the lock or anything.
1: But, yeah, so moving on to, like, kind of the pain aspect. How he, even in his... Not just his laugh. His laugh hurts him because of what he has. It's like the way he laughs isn't just a clown laugh. You know, he'll grab his throat like mm-hmm. it hurts. He tries to control it. He has tears. Yes. At the, even at the very beginning, when he's, you know, trying with his fingers to force himself to smile, he starts to cry because it hurts him to try to smile. Um, and it's almost like the violence calms him down. Because each time he gets violent, then there's this this calm. You know, he does a little calm, therapeutic dance in the bathroom. I wonder,
2: does he really realize what he's done, you know? And he does say at one point that he, you know, I can't remember who he was talking to, but he said, you know, I killed those three guys, and I thought that I'd feel bad about it, but I don't. He yeah, he doesn't really feel much. He tells much. Murray that. Yeah.
1: And then nothing can hurt me anymore.
2: Yeah, he has nothing left to lose.
1: And the kind of going back to what you said about you know I wondered if I didn't exist. He says, you know, people see me now.
2: Yeah, he said, oh, because it's Thomas Wayne, everybody's yeah. crying about it. But if you saw me laying on the side of the street, you'd walk right by me.
1: And nothing's more true. Yeah, in this day and age, still.
2: I think that's part of the message that they're trying yeah. to send, man. You know, we we don't we don't know how to approach mental illness all the time. We don't, we don't we're we fear it because we don't understand it. And I think that that's something that this this movie's really trying to say is that we need to think about how we view yes. mental illness and how we treat mental illness yes. and how we uh how we teach our children how to respond to mental illness.
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. because it's like and, and with not just mental illness, but anything, you know, the kids see how the adults act, mm-hmm. and if kids in this generation are seeing the adults treat it the way that some adults honestly treat it, you know, yeah, we need to learn. We, we that. need to educate people Absolutely. better about it. Absolutely. So I have um, some questions for you. Oh boy! You know, before she went in the hospital, you know, he says, um, "Are you the people who did this to my mom?" you like, sent her all, got her all upset and all that, and is that in his head? The talk with the detectives early on. Did he actually hurt her to send her in the hospital? Or was it really the detectives questioning him? I don't know. And, I hadn't thought of that. And did he really think that, it, does he really think he got fired because he's not funny? Do you think he processes the whole you brought a gun to work thing? Or does he really think, well, they, they fired me because I wasn't funny. No, I think he was
2: just being smart and didn't want to tell the yeah. cops that he actually had a gun.
1: I agree with that. Um, Why do you think he stopped choking Alfred when he looked at Bruce? You think there was a moment of, I don't want him to see me this way? Yes. Even in his insanity, there's like, this Yeah, this because brother, I, think, I, I
2: think we're led to believe that Arthur does have a heart. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's so hard for people to, mm-hmm. you know, accept this movie and really swallow it. Because you... You do look at him as the protagonist, even though he's hes not, you know. No, he's, he's not.
1: He's not a good guy, really. Um, and by no means do we, you know, when we're talking about this, condone anyone that might see this and act violently afterwards. Um, you know, there's all those people, I mean, like we talked about when, in the episode of his character, there was the shooting mm-hmm. at the Dark Knight premiere. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises premiere. Yeah. It was in um, there are people who say that due to us feeling bad for the Joker, this this take on it, that people will use this as an excuse to act out. Um, I think that, sure, in this day and age, that's a possibility, a possibility and, a, and a solid worry to have. But at the same time, I, I worry more about, okay, moving forward now that you've seen this, what are you going to do? What are you going to take from this to help Yeah. the problem that we see in this movie? Um, last question. What's the joke at the end that he's laughing at? And she goes, well, I like jokes. What's so funny? And then it flashes to Bruce in the highway, and he just goes, no, you wouldn't get it. Do you think, like, what's the joke he's laughing at? I
2: don't know. The cycle starts all over again.
1: Yeah. Do you think of? that maybe he knows of the shooting that maybe. happened? And he's like, huh, now let's see where Bruce goes from here. Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, I just, after, during watching it that second time, I pulled my phone out, and I was like, no, wait a second. What's he laughing at? What's the joke? I don't get the joke. What joke's he talking about? (laughs) You wouldn't get it. Um, All right, so there's also some Easter eggs here. And I wish I could take credit for this first Easter egg. There are Easter eggs to Jared Leto's Joker in the movie. Do you know what they are?
2: Well, I do know because you have it written out here for me, but it says... It's all the trash (laughs) trash around the city. Fitting.
1: (laughs) Uh, I saw that on the internet. I found it humorous. Um, (laughs) The trying to make people smile. That's, you know, kind of an Easter egg to his gas that he has in the animated series and all that that makes people die laughing. Mm -hmm. Um, The clown thugs. Those uh, two big ones that kind of pull him out of the car at the end, they're very homage to early animated Batman, like the two big clown thugs. He's always right. like, hey, Mr. J, what are we yeah. going to do? Um, some, Bruce and Alf- Alfred. Some of those
2: obviously. masks, though, looked oddly familiar. Like looked like yeah. the uh, masks from the heist in at the dark, dark Knight. Night. They did. They did.
1: Um, Gotham General Hospital mm-hmm. that, he, that his mom is in. Is the hospital that blows up in the dark night. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice little, little what thing. What were
2: you uh what were you gonna say about Bruce and Alfred?
1: Just the the interaction. So like it's was, like it builds the whole yeah. like that's he's an arch enemy.
2: Well that was something also that I had said about Venom, like Venom was okay, but I, the whole time I felt like it's missing that little connection to yeah. Spider Man. Even this, if
1: even if just Aunt May was in that movie. Just
2: something. Some yeah. little connection. And this had, had that one oh, little yeah. connection. So, I thought it made it that much better.
1: Um, the makeup and the hair dye, obviously the green hair. Him working on his own makeup, uh, which I almost gagged both times he painted his tongue. Oh yeah. I was like, oh god, paint! Um, grabbing the camera to talk at the end when he grabs the camera in Murray's mm-hmm. show is very homage to Heath. You know, having the video camera in his hand. Um, the Zorro movie that they're coming out of. Um, it's actually supposed to be the mark of Zorro. Is what it is in the animated series in the comics. But it was a different adventure of Zorro in this movie. Um, Bloody Red Smile.
2: Yeah, that was another moment that gave me the goosebumps. Yes,
1: yes. Um, that recording that plays at the, or at the end, when he's she's like, I like jokes, you know, you want to tell me a joke? And he's like, "Nah, you wouldn't get it. That's actually... In one of the. I have written here too. It's in one of the. It's in Arkham Origins. It's a recording actually from. uh, In the game Arkham Origins, after you've caught him one time, uh, he's sitting down and it's Harley Quinzel. It's Dr. Harleen Quinzel saying, I like jokes. You want to tell me what you're laughing at? And he goes, Oh, you wouldn't get it.
2: Oh. Yeah. How about that? Yeah.
1: I've actually been playing some of Arkham Origins again. I don't know why. Like, out of all of. All the Arkham games. I'm going back to that one. You playing it on
2: the Xbox One?
1: No, the PlayStation 3. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm a PlayStation 3 still. But. uh, So, we had some questions. All from different podcasts via Twitter. Uh, So, we encourage you to go follow these people. And also subscribe to their podcasts. Um, At CoffinCast ask Who do you think played the Joker the best? This is tough.
2: I like Heath Ledger the most. hmm I think that Joaquin Phoenix... It's... I can't really answer this question because they both... Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger did it very different ways. Yes. And in those ways, they were both really great.
1: They were actually best friends. Do you know that? Um, really close friends. There was a connection. Really close friends. And actually, Robert De Niro is Joaquin Phoenix's favorite actor. But... He was awkward to him on set because he was so intimidated by Robert being on set. In an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, he said, uh, you know, you got to work with Robert De Niro. He goes, yeah, funny thing. He's actually my favorite actor, but I was too intimidated to talk to him off set. Like, just walking around set, I'd just be like, straight away from him. Like, oh my god, it's Robert De Niro. (laughs) Um, Played the best. You have to look at it as like a character. Yeah. the characteristic of the Joker, in all honesty, I will still always say is played the best by Mark Hamill, just in his voice. I agree with that. Um, played, again, you know, ledgers the Anarchist, he played it the best, um, and Joaquin is Society's Failure, and he played it the best, so uh, I don't know if there's a better out of the two, or even Jack Nicholson, you know.
2: Well... I'm just gonna say Ledger's my favorite. Yeah. And that's my answer. <laughs>
1: okay. At Three Fat Nerds Pod asks, Do you think the whole movie was in his head or not? Why?
2: Dude, I have no idea. Again, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean it but
2: That's what's so great. I th- I, yeah, I think we it's open to interpretation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um you should let us know. Do you think it's in his head or not? Um at Pop Culture Bruce asks. <laughs> Their favorite question. Yeah. Don't get this one wrong. Okay, I'm sorry. What beer would Joker drink? <laughs> what beer would Joker drink? Hmm.
2: Do they make any kind of green beer?
1: <laughs> St. Patrick's Day beer. Um, I think he would drink. A, I don't know.
2: Well, it's all up to you, because I don't know. I don't think he'd drink beer. I was
1: kind of thinking that, too. Like, I don't know that he would. I think if he were to ingest alcohol, it would be tequila. <laughs> no, not tequila. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't see Joker drinking.
2: You've stumped us. Gosh, pop culture brew. And that's
1: just and it's, hmm. three hours later. podcast. ask, "What is your take on the significance of the stairs throughout the movie?" Uh, the, um, I'm the,
2: sure there's there's significance to it. Uh, I think it's a good visual. Mm-hmm. You know, more than anything, because he's he's had the you know long hard days. Been beaten up and teased and whatever. And he has to slowly make his way up those steps.
1: And then... The only time you see him going down them... Is when he's happy. Is when he's embraced it. Yeah. Kind of like, I've walked and trudged through life, up life's exactly. steps. My entire life, now I'm going to dance down them. That's sort of what I'm yeah. getting at. Yeah. I'm going to burn but, it down. Yeah. I like that. Good question. Uh, final question: At for your reference, podcast asks, uh, "There are lots of people with lots of feelings. Do you personally believe that the movie would be as good if you removed the Joker aspects of the movie and it was just about a man struggling with mental illness?"
2: Um, I think it would be very good, but no, I don't think it would be as good. I think
1: it would be very strong, very telling, but it would not be crossing the billion dollar mark because. You've also pulled in the nerds.
2: I mean, Joker being in it really yeah. helps. I mean, that gets people's attention. People yeah. are drawn to the Joker. Absolutely. Um, so I think... Without the Joker, it's
1: yeah. a mentally thrilling, uh, sad story about just a human. Yeah. Uh, we we almost immortalize these comic book characters to where if they go through everyday life like... like Arthur Flex are all over the world, but knowing that the Joker is Arthur Flex, then you've got a billion dollar movie. Yeah. Uh, because, like I said, you've pulled in more audience than you probably would if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it adding making it the Joker is what's made to it get,
2: to get people to hear the story and to pay attention to the story, uh, a story that has a strong message. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the Joker in it really. Yeah. Helps with that.
1: So. Could not agree more. Thanks for the questions. Um, keep them coming for our next episode, which is next week we're going to play a little game mm-hmm. called Who Wore It Better? Yeah. Marvel, DC. Mm-hmm. DC, Marvel. However you want to put it. Um, I like, I like to go, first. I like to go alphabetically, though. And D is before M. So, yeah. DC and Marvel. Who wore it better? We're going to pick 10. Agreed? Ten? Oh? Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll pick ten heroes and villains from each universe that are, let's just say, comparable. Yeah. Who are obviously drawn from the other. Right. And we will break down on maybe, I guess, of course, we'll, we'll obviously like when they were created, who they are created by, blah, blah, blah. That's the, that's the tales. But we're going to kind of, because like, I'm just going to say one right now. Who do you like better, Deadpool or Deathstroke? Deadpool, of course. Even I would have to say Deadpool. I like him better, but Deathstroke was created first, so that kind la-dee-da. of stuff. La-di-da. la So, if you do, you have ten off the top of your head. No, but I'm sure if I think about it, I will. Okay. Well, that's what next week, and we may have a special guest with us next week. Um, a friend of the show. Who's just as nerdy as us? Mm-hmm. Um, she saw Endgame a ton of times, double digits, I think 13, so. 14, something like that. Um, and even she says she took something different from it every time. Wow! So um, we hope to have her on the show. And uh, if you sent, want to send in any um, maybe honorable mentions, especially if we haven't mentioned, if we don't mention it, we can talk about those at the end of the episode. Like, hey, somebody sent this in. What do you think? Uh, so send those in. Um, also, please send in any comments about the Joker that you might ha- You think we've missed out on or didn't touch base on. Uh, we both agree it is very worth the Billion Dollar Club. It is worth a first, second, third, fourth time seeing it. Um, if you haven't seen it, boo. You need to go see it. Um, and if you have, go again because trust me, it's better the second time.
2: Uh, I would um, agree.
1: And uh, we want to thank again our uh, Patreon supporters. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we got a few out there, and uh, we uh, just, uh, without you, it's harder to do this show. It is. Um, because a lot goes into it uh, with equipment and uh, keeping it up to date and stuff like that. So thank you, uh, Patreon supporters. And uh, we also want to, uh, we will have a sneak peek coming out soon of the December uh Schedule to our Patreon supporters, however, that that first episode will be blank until we get good suggestions. Yeah. So again, please, send in your suggestions, Star Wars-themed...
2: Sort of broad topics? Yes,
1: broad Star Wars topics that we would talk about that first week, because our second week will be Force Awakens, third week will be Last Jedi... And of course, the last week of December, we will have already seen Rise of Skywalker, and we will be nerding out on that big time pretty heavily.
2: And until uh, next week, everybody enjoy Disney Plus. Yes,
1: um, I'm really looking forward to the Jeff Goldblum show. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to all of it. I've loved Jeff Goldblum since I was a kid because he's just this the weirdest, funniest individual. Mm-hmm. And knowing that there's a show where they just take him around and do things, and like. I don't know. It's going to be very It's going to be good. And then I saw the trailer for that High School Musical, the, the High School Musical, the musical series, the mm-hmm. series. Sure. It's, it's literally, it's not a spinoff series of High School Musical, like a lot of people thought. It's a series about a high school that's doing High School Musical. Oh. Yes. Well, and, that's not nearly as good. No, it doesn't sound as good. So it's not a show that you would see maybe Chad Danforth show up. Mm-hmm. It's not what we thought it was. Well, dang. It's very weird. Not sure mm-hmm. how I feel about it. But anyway, we will be watching a lot of Disney+, Plus and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit on the show. Absolutely. Uh, well, man, uh, it's been fun. Uh, good to yeah, be back always. with you. Yeah.
2: hate uh, hey, we missed you guys last yeah. week. Uh, glad to be back. Absolutely. Thanks for the patience and understanding.
1: Yes, you are fantastic fans. So, uh, we'll, uh, I guess we'll talk to you soon,
2: Yeah.
1: And, uh, until next time, catch
2: you nerds later.
0: You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Tyler McDaniel and Josh Davis. Brought to you by Encore Theatrical Company, Akiva Express, Creative Theater, and advertising expressions. Find us, follow us, and like us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit our website, 30andnerdypodcast.com. Got something to tell us? Drop us an email, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Until next time, cheers to you nerds!